In the beginning, they both thought they were just going to play trombone. During their study of trombone and finding their love for music, they discovered their love of each other. Christine and David Nassaway share how music became one of the threads that ties them together forever. Next on OTP. And welcome to OTP, David and Christine. Thanks so much for being here. Hi, thanks for having us on. All Good to right. be here. I love the instruments in the back. <laughs> thanks for the setup instead of my corny thing that I've got here. <laughs> That's great. I love, now you got a sousaphone back there. Yeah. Whose sousaphone is that? Oh, uh, that's mine. It's a. Uh, um, it's the horn I used to play in high school. <laughs> and uh, would you steal it? They were. They were gonna. They were gonna trash it. They were gonna send oh, it what? to disposal. And it's a vintage. It's a 1958 Con 20K Naked Lady sousaphone. Oh. And it's a. Yeah, it's a vintage horn, and they were gonna they were gonna send it to disposal, and wow. um, I happened to use some of my my familial resources, and um, <laughs> I got I was able to get my hands on it, and then um, I had I had it overhauled to cost wow. I don't know about like five hundred bucks to get it overhauled, and it's wow. uh it's in great condition. Oh man, that's sweet. <laughs> I'm trying to think back on my instruments in high school. and They were all school instruments. So I, was, <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to grab it. That's great. And a trombone. Who, what's tell me about the trombone on your right? Oh yeah, that's my um, that's my Holton uh, 181 okay. bass trombone. Yeah, okay. it's um, cool. it's one of two that I own. And um, okay. yeah, it's uh, it's it, it itself. I guess. It could be considered a vintage horn. I mean, it's seventy seventy seven. I think it was. It was that one was built. There you go. All right. All right. All right. Well, ladies first. <laughs> Christine, no thank you so much for being here, and I, I appreciate it. First of all, um, where are you from, Christine? Um, kind of grew up a lot of places, but uh, kept returning back to East Texas a lot. Um, Started and finished, uh, started school there and I finished high school there. So. <laughs> okay, okay. Do you have uh, sisters and brothers? I do have one older sister and um, a couple half siblings. Yeah. <laughs> right. Do they play? Does the music flow through the family? Or what's happening there? Well, um, my, my sister was, um, she started on, on, flute because probably because my mom played at home a lot uh when we were growing up and um we just had a flute in the house and then um there were no more instruments and so i ended up getting to pick <laughs> I, I don't know if she picked flute or not but, but um she turned in more into a visual artist okay. so um still really artistic yeah there you go so you um you started out playing early in your school career when you first started playing trombone. Uh, first started in um, it was middle school, like middle school. like most, and yeah, my uh, my grandparents took me to that that night where you know the the stores come and they <laughs> ask you what instrument you want to play, and I knew because. Uh, 
of my um, earlier years, I had I'd gotten to play trombone, and okay. it was just so obnoxious. I loved it. <laughs> the sound. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was getting at. What 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 brought you to that sound in the trombone? Oh well, my um, my family moved to uh, Southern Mississippi University of Southern Mississippi. They were my family. My parents were going to school there, and we lived in the um, married student housing for a couple of years. And they used to have these yard sales, and um, this guy. Uh, there was you know two hundred families on this giant field. Um, and everybody wanted people to come to them. So um, this guy, he started making a lot of noise with a trombone. He, he was trying to sell his trombone. And he started making a lot of noise with it. And, of course, he was like the Pied Piper. He got a ton of kids around him. And we were able to, to, uh, to try it out. He would hold it for us. And he taught us how to buzz, this, you know, make the sound and everything. So, uh I got to try it out uh, and, you know, move the slide. <laughs> and I was like, so, and I was kind of hooked from just, you know, how just raucous the sound was, you know, and he was, right. he was probably band in the marching band over there. <laughs> <laughs> and that sealed this deal for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, David, <laughs> I, I found this was kind of strange. You started out a little bit on trumpet, correct? Yeah. So the same thing when the schools, they, they did it a little different when, in, in, in Winslow, Arizona, where I grew up. So what they did was um, they would feature a particular, they went around to the classrooms and they would oh. feature a particular instrument. And this is how they could get, they figured this is how they could get an even balance of, I guess, the instruments. Because <laughs> if you only show the class one or two instruments, then you get interest in that. So, right. um, and then and then the high school band and choir and orchestra, they would come over to the school and give us a concert, you know. So, yeah. <clears throat> after all that, I actually wanted to play violin. Oh. And... Um, but the band directors, because I have older siblings that were already in band, the band directors said, uh, no, you're going to play trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and, and so, you know, so I started out at trumpet. And I, and I already had like my, um, I had an aunt that played trumpet. And yeah. um, so they passed her horn on to me. And um, so... I played trumpet for uh, like fourth, fifth, sixth grade, seventh grade. When I got into seventh grade, um, we had 14 trumpet players and we, they, we auditioned at the beginning of the year and I scored 14th. So, um, and I, the, we only had one French horn player. So the band director asked if there was anybody that wanted anybody in the trumpet section that wanted to play French horn. So, um, <laughs> You know, so I was sitting at the bottom of the section, so I just, you know, I said, yeah, you know, and the, the, the only French horn player was this transfer student, and she was this little blonde girl from Michigan, I think, and, and so, yeah, I want to sit next to her, so, <laughs> so, so um, I played French horn for a year, and um, I, it was difficult for me, so, um, right. And then I, you know, that's when I, I talked to my brother about, because my brother was a, a trombonist. And, um, right. 
I asked, you know, if he would teach me to play trombone because we, it, Winslow had a summer band program where they would take all the new um, incoming students and, and the continuing students and, and put them into groups and beginning lessons and stuff like that for yeah. uh, about a month before the school year started, you know, so that way yeah. everybody was prepared for the school year. So that was my next question was, how was that uh, learning from your brother? He's your older brother. What's his name? We've got to give him a shout yeah, his, out. Um, Daryl. Yeah, my older brother, Daryl. Yeah, he, is, he was a, a trombone player and um, moved to bass trombone. Oh, and okay. I think he's, he's probably the reason I, I play a Holton trombone because he always oh. had those those. Um, those brand new Holton bass trombones that were coming out back in the seventies, you know, he had the, an old, um, what was called, um, you see the, the Holton TR 180 and it had what was called a magic bar, you know, had this, <laughs> I was just fascinated by the size of the horn, you know? Right, and, um, right. and so, and so, you know, <clears throat> I started on a Holton tenor. Actually, I started on a, on an older horn that belonged to our grandfather. Um, and that's the horn he learned on. Right. And my grandfather actually taught my brother how to play trombone. And oh, I got a cool. picture. I don't know. Let me see. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's that's my grandfather, right Tom, that's the way. So oh, God bless he, him. He, um, he was, I guess he learned, he learned trombone when, you know, back in the, in the early 1900s, late 1800s, when they were taking a lot of the native, um, native kids and sending them to boarding schools so right, he was right. sent to the he was sent to um um a boarding school in los angeles oh wow and that's where he learned to play trombone wow and, what a story and he got and he got good so he started playing around in la mm -hmm. when he was mm -hmm. young and he right. told me stories of getting a gig on the Herbert Clark, you know, like all the trumpet players know who Herbert Clark is. Sure, he said sure. he got a, he got a gig playing on the Herbert Clark dance band when he was young. <laughs> and since Herbert Clark was tied in with Sousa, right. whenever he said there was a, a time when Sousa's band came out to the West coast on a tour, he got to play a show, sit in with the, with the Sousa wow. band at one, at one time. So oh he, he yeah, so he had some pretty amazing stories, you know. And I, yeah, I think that's probably where you know I think we we fell into that. It's like, man, I want to create my own stories. Right, too. right, right. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You know, yeah. that's that's why this is such a great uh, episode because from what I'm seeing, you know, we've got both of you on two different worlds and music is going to bring you together, but you had no idea. Christine, you were, you talked to us a little bit about, um, you're studying with uh, Dr. Neil Humfield there and your experience with him. Yeah, so he's a, a huge name. I didn't know it when I met him. I mean, it was, it was kind of apparent uh, how great he was when I met him, but um, there's, a, there's an excellence in teaching award that's given every year now with his name um he he passed when we went into the militaries like right around the same time but um i started studying with him in um uh, he was at east texas state in commerce 
and now it's something else like A&M or something, but um, he taught there for a whole lot of years, and it took about uh, two hours to drive to the lessons, and my mom would take me. She didn't mind. She actually went to East Texas State um, when I was really little, when she was working on her master's, and um, so she would drive me to Commerce and um, I don't know, I guess I should go get coffee or something in my <laughs> lesson, but he was so amazing. We worked a lot on um, competition um, for, you know, region and area and state and all state and all the, all the competitions that I could, you know, get into. And um, he was a student of Emory Remington and um, uh, he had that that Eastman sound and it's something I still strive for yes. every time I pick up my horn, any horn. Yes. <laughs> I always strive for that. Yes. Yes. You know, I, we're going to get into talking about the practicing. I just got through practicing and it, I, I never get to that end. It's, a, it's an open-ended hole. Right. <laughs> Yes, and now wait, let me see if I got this right, David. You you were studying with uh, Dr. James. Give me his last name. I don't want to mispronounce it. Gould. Gould. That's right. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Talk about him a little bit. Yeah. So he was um, after my brother. He was Dr. Gould was um, my first um, formal uh teacher and that was through the northern arizona university music camp oh. that they had every every year and you know all my siblings went to the camp um and the, our kids went to the camp as well you know so right. but yeah but he was the he was the trombone professor at nau at the time and so um when i was first starting out um between my I think it was between my eighth and ninth grade year. Uh, yeah, because I'd only been playing trombone for a year uh, when I went and to music camp as a trombone player. To and um, um, he had a real he had a real knack for dealing with young players. Mm. You know, he could he could find a way to communicate. And I just remember one of the things that um, one of the first things that he talked to me about was was um, getting getting warmed up you know, when you start playing. Mm -hmm. And he was able to um, talk to me about my interests and and relate it to playing. Mm -hmm. So at the time, I was, you know, I, I was a baseball player, you know, uh, and, and, he, and he asked me what positions I played, and, and I told him I, I pitched. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and he was like, oh, so what do you, what do pitchers have to do before they before they <laughs> you know start the game? And I said, well, you have to warm up. And so he was able to relate that you know right. to to playing you know and right. and like the 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 things that pitchers do to warm up, he was able to relate to. Well, that's similar to what you have to do when you start playing before you start playing um, yeah. your your trombone. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> so he was um and he was a, a very very kind, very gentle person, you yes, know, yes. and, um, and he had this amazing library of, of literature <laughs> in wow. his office and, <laughs> and it was pretty impressive, you yeah, know, yeah. and, um, so, and he was pretty close to retirement at that time, okay. you know, um, okay. because by the, by the time, uh, I think, I think he had only a couple of years left, mm. you know, as a, as an instructor, because by the time I graduated high school, and attended NAU as a student. My brother 
again was mm. he was the graduate assistant so i had to study with my brother uh, again you know <laughs> yeah and yeah. Um, and i do say i had to study with him. <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it was a lot different studying with him as a, as a yeah as a, a more accomplished player than it was as a beginner you know right. he, was, he was a little more um he was a little more stern <laughs> about his approach sure sure yeah but but dr gould um he he was a, it was a a really nice experience and um um you know later on after playing for a while and there was the flagstaff symphony in town and my brother was the bass trombonist for the flagstaff symphony okay and then once he started teaching he got hired in a, a um in another town back in our hometown actually i think is when it happened in winslow he became the high school band director there that spot opened up and um, I auditioned for it. And by that time, Dr. Gould was playing viola oh, in the wow. orchestra. Oh, okay. And, and, um, and I just remember after auditioning and winning that spot and sitting in the rehearsal, I, mm. he was sitting at the back of the viola section. He turned around and looked at me and he <laughs> smiled. And he, <laughs> you know. Yeah, 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 that's great. You know, in watching you both, do you all, as a couple... Do you all ever just, are you in amazement that you look back at your both of your journeys and then you realize how you came together? Is it just in awe or you just take that for granted? <laughs> uh, no, I think just the, as, as, as chance hap has it, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, just the way the things lined up, you know, yeah. um, like, um, when I was, when I was going into the Navy, um, I was scheduled to go in a lot later, um, than I did, okay. but it just so happened a spot opened up in boot camp. Right. Right. And so they wanted to send me earlier. Okay. So, I went in earlier and yeah and i was supposed to be in boot camp in marine corps boot camp for 12 weeks and i got injured so i was there for 16 <laughs> weeks so it added another month um i i had to spend christmas there <laughs> and so, and so yeah, yeah. yeah we the the timeline just worked out i guess <laughs> yeah. see okay so i i want to set this up for our audience in in full transparency Christine did a student teaching with me back in the day. <laughs> and you told me this story about meeting your husband. And so will you share that with the audience and take <laughs> us? <laughs> okay. Do you yeah. remember you telling me this story? Um, I, I, I hope this is the same story. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was at school um, uh, about a month and a half before Dave got there. So... Um, I classed up my, my entire class was Marines. And, um, so like 20 or so 15 or 20 Marines. And, um, I didn't see many people outside of the Marines and, um, except for in rehearsals and we had all services, um, there in those rehearsals. And I showed up to this jazz band rehearsal one day and, um, I always tried to get in there so I could get the seat that I wanted because you just sat wherever you're, you, know, you ever wanted to. Mm -hmm. And um, somebody was in the third 
chair spot and I was like oh no okay and then somebody sat in the fourth spot and I was like oh no okay um I did not want the ride chair and so I was like okay I don't mind the the lead you know lead bone so um I hurriedly put my horn together and I jumped in that that lead spot and um sometimes the army would double book themselves and we wouldn't have a full section so probably that day um the army was training somewhere else and we only had three trombones and so this petty officer in the navy um went to um find another player out in the hall and um i guess dave was walking by <laughs> well they came to the practice rooms i was down in the practice room. okay yeah they were they weren't really looking so um they they brought dave back and um so this this nice um petty officer in the Navy came over and he's like, Hey, um, that chair that I didn't want the ride chair. He was like, Hey, can you move over to the second spot? <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, I was, you know, I, I will, but I did not want it. And, um, so Dave's over there putting his horn together and he came in and he, um, you know, I think of Dave as a bass trombone player, but I didn't know him then. And he came in there with this little horn and um, sat down, and I was kind of so mad I didn't even want to look at him. <laughs> That's what you told me. You told I was me just kind of, you know, I was thinking, I'm going to have to take solos now because this guy wants to play lead. And so um, we didn't. did our, yeah, he didn't even want to. I found out later. But we did our whole warm-up um, run through all the scales and everything and the swings and stuff. And then um, then they called the chart. And they said, um, we're going to pass this out. It's uh, it's a time for love. Bill Evans. Bill Watchers. Bill, Bill Watchers, a time for love. And um, I was like, oh, no, please don't have a solo. And it was a whole trombone solo, but it was in the lead part, so <laughs> I, I didn't have to play it. And I was and I was watching, you know, when the chart, when the charts were coming out onto the stands, and I was so relieved. Okay, I don't have solos in this. And um, then, you know, it's got this big uh, sax beginning, and we're playing along. And the first time I ever heard this guy play, I was like. Oh, I've been fangirl ever since, <laughs> still today. <laughs> it was so beautiful, and it was, you know, a ballad, and oh, it was right. so pretty. <laughs> and I was struggling so, to play that tune. <laughs> so that, I wanted to jump over to your your viewpoint. What was your view in this in this story here? Well, um, do you remember it? This yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I do remember coming in because, well, you know, what I had a hard time with at, at, at the beginning was they wouldn't, they wouldn't let me play bass trombone at that school. Okay. They, I did everything on tenor. And so I had to, I spent a lot of time on my own getting my bass horn, my bass horn chops back because in boot camp I didn't play. Okay. My instrument for eight or nine weeks, you know. Right. So, um, so when they went down to the practice rooms and grabbed me, I was working on my bass horn stuff, and then I, I had to go up and put together <laughs> this little horn, and then they throw this solo in front of me. So let's say you know, to be fair, like, you went in a gay move mood. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so we were kind of that's kind of like we meeting for the first time, you know. Right. Right. And, right. And, and, you know, we, you look back at it and, um, and you, you, they look at the title 
of the song, A Time for Love, <laughs> you know. It was and, inevitable. So, yeah, because it was like, before that, it's it was kind of, that school is kind of competitive, right? So um, everybody's always looking at each other because, you know, you're seeing each other for the first time. And Okay, let me, um, let me, let me stop you for a minute, though. So our audience knows. Now, what school are we talking about? Just we're so talking about the Armed Forces School of Music. There you and go. Each, okay. and, at that, and at that school, they have different elements. They have the Navy element, the Marine Corps element, and the Army element. Okay. So, um, yeah. And so we all, we're all intermixed in, and all they're doing is preparing us for once we get out into the, into the fleet or the, the field. So, um, yeah, so I guess what ended up happening is um, we were kind of the top dog players, trombone players there. So um, we had this, the same instructor. Um, what was his name? Bowling. Bol Tim Bowling. Yeah. Same instructor. <laughs> And he was an army guy and um, he was having a hard time with all the other bone players. So yeah. he challenged us to um, get together with the other bone players and play duets with them, okay. you know, was what the thing. And then finally, when we, when we were getting together, it was, it started out like a conversation was say, how are your guys doing? And okay, you know, ah, yeah. oh, they're not doing, they're not doing very good at all. How are your guys doing? <laughs> oh man, they suck. You know? Um, and so it was like, Hey, why don't we get together and play, right, right, you know? Right. And, um, and so everything is done by permission, you know? So yeah. we oh. have, so we have a, um, a signed paper. <laughs> yeah. Signed by our teacher. Cause you, you can't have two people in the same practice room at the same time. Oh, at that school. Okay. So you yeah. have to get permission from the teacher. Yeah. So we we had that. That's called a chit. So we had we had the chit and um we used to put it in the window when we were in there playing right. together. And yeah. um and we'd always get questioned about it and says, Well, according to this, you're supposed to be playing duets with somebody else and you're supposed to and so we explained <laughs> to whoever was on the duty that day, it's like, right. well, you know, this is the situation. You know, so, yeah, yeah. um, and that's kind of, that's, that's how it, right. That's how yeah. it started. And we just built the, kind of built that relationship from, yeah. from there. And then, there you, you know, um, and then she ended up transferring out before me to Hawaii. Okay. Oh. And I had, and I originally had orders to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, how do, how do we fix this? But now, by then, yeah. right? Okay, that was that's what I was getting at. By then, the relationship had come together. Yeah, not only with music, but in your own relationship, and and, mm -hmm. and knew that you loved each other. And so now you say, okay, we've got to come up with a plan, which was marriage. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just passed thirty years too. <laughs> hey, congratulations! There yeah. you go. There you so, it worked. So, so that, that, that situation was a little more complicated for me because I I already had my orders to Japan, and they would have to do what's called an or orders modification, which has to go through Bureau of Naval Personnel, and um, it just so happened that my D the, the guy that details out the assignments, it just so happened that he had a similar situation when he was at the school. Oh, okay. And he pulled me aside 
when he came, he was he came over to the school. They were having a big um, um, what they call an IG. The inspector general is there, you know, and they go through all the curriculum and the, the administration stuff and see how things are running. So he actually he met with me and he pulled me aside and he goes, "Hey, I'm going to do this for you and I'm going to tell you why." <laughs> he goes because it happened to me too, <laughs> you know. Right, right. And so, yeah. um, um, so we. Uh, so I, on the, she had already graduated and she was home okay. on, on leave. And then she came back to the school and we got married before she had to he head out to Hawaii. I think it was like two days yeah. of, um, yeah. together before I had to report to Hawaii. Yeah. So we got married and she flew out the next day. Yeah. You know. So now, did they, did both of you go out to Japan or? No, we both went to Hawaii. Hawaii. Oh, you both went to Hawaii. Oh. And it just so happened that the Marine Corps band and the Navy band's band room are across the street from each other. They <laughs> were out there at that time. Okay. Yeah, so that was really, but yeah. And, you know, as the military goes, we had to get, I had to get permission to have the day off to get married. <laughs> you know, so I had to put in my, my paper. And, sure. I, I, and usually, you know, you put it in somebody's inbox and it goes through the chain of command or whatever. But they, right. they told me, they said, you better walk this through to everybody. <laughs> and and I'll never forget, we had this real, this <laughs> funny, um, he was in charge of the drill band, you know, the marching band stuff. Right, right. The head of that department. I had to go to him and have him sign it. And he, he was a hilarious guy. He was a flute <laughs> player. And um, you remember his name? I don't. I do not remember his okay. name, but I can see his face. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I handed him that. I handed him that paper, and he read the. He read what it was for, and he goes, "Hmm, are you sure this is what you want to do with your day off?" <laughs> you know, and right, right. I just everybody I took it to, they pulled me into their office, and they they went round and round with me about it, and it was kind. Of, it was it was jokingly. It was funny, right? Right. You know, right, and yeah. um. And I remember taking it to our trombone instructor, Tim Bowling, and he's, he already knew, you know, everybody already knew. And, and he right. was looking at me, you know, and he's going, hmm, so <laughs> you want to marry one of my students, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then with the Marine Corps, it was like, so you want to marry one of my Marines? Marines, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't ask you, well, let's see how well you play. Let's see. <laughs> let's give you a chance. Yeah. <laughs> And Christine, on your side, what, where did you have to go through any hoops and loops, or uh, not really? Because I was finished. Uh, I was oh, between duty right. stations by then. Yes, uh, graduated right. there, and I was on some little short leave, and then right. <laughs> yes. so I didn't have the hoops to jump through. Yeah, and you know when they started doing my orders, redoing my orders, I didn't know I was actually going to Hawaii until like the week I graduated. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it was like in that couple of weeks before, before graduation is when my orders finally came in, you know, it right. took them, it took them a while to get there. So, you know, as yeah. far as I knew, I was still going to Japan, you know? So, you know, it's funny as you were telling the story, how much you, you, you brought into my mind, your, your journey lines up with uh, my son, J Jared and Maggie, because, um, I can't tell you the names or what have you, but someone told him, look, you, you know, you better marry, get married before you go to Japan and blah, blah, blah. And then she had to do hoops and loops. And, but anyway, the bottom line is, uh, 
they they try to get that together before the the uh, uh, all the wheels started turning and going to Japan. Yeah, it's so, big when you go overseas too. Yeah, right. so I can see that would be a. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because it's it becomes a money issue, right? For the military, yeah. for us, yeah. we were on individual orders. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it was a, it was a little bit different, but yeah, I can I can understand that, and I remember talking with Jared. You know, uh-huh. and yeah. and I remember talking with other people in that chain of command because I'm I was still in contact with a lot of those same people and exactly we were, and we used to talk about Jared and and yes. dealing with that situation yeah. you know and I was I was yeah. I wanted to ensure they were going to take care of him <laughs> well I mean this is a side note we'll go into that but I'm I'm going to come back to Christy on your your video that's what we're going to go into next but. Um, for those that are listening, my son Jared's in the Navy now, and um, when he came out of college, UNM, uh, we 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 called David up. I knew Christine, and they said, "Well," uh, and actually, Christine, he had thought about the Marines first, you know, and we were like, uh. <laughs> "Mom was like," uh. and um, I think if I remember correctly. Uh, Joe was like, well, what about swimming? I got, I'm not too, and you said something like, oh, you'll get the swimming down. No problem with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. You were the, uh, you were our key to the auditions and everything else there. And still is. And we thank you for that, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, Christine, we've got this clip for you, uh, for our audience. Um, for those that are listening, they'll hear, um, the the number of you playing can you set us up and give the uh people that are listening to the podcast a sort of visual of what you're doing and and how you came about the idea and what you're playing um yeah so uh well i was i was teaching over in um, here in aps and um when covid started and i was um trying to figure out some stuff to do with my band and orchestra kids and um, actually gave them this assignment to do, um, you know, a lot of players on the same video. They would just do a click track and send it to me. And um, I thought, well, I'll give an example. So I made an example one for them, just a Mm -hmm. four uh, four part of me. And um, it was really fast and it wasn't that great. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it, gave, it put the point across to the kids. Here's what we're going to do. So um, then we, um, I just kind of got bored by the end of the summer uh, that during 2020 and we weren't really going anywhere. It was pandemic and all that. So um, I contacted uh, the arranger of this piece, Carl Enthe up in Indiana. And I was like, hey, um, I played this. I played your your national anthem for Tennessee All State back like a year after he wrote it, mm-hmm. and um, I was like, "Can is it available? Is it even you know? Is yeah. it even in print? You know?" And he he just sent it to me. He sent me the the score and all eight parts, wow. and um, I told him what I was wanting to do, and he said, "Hey, if you get that done." Um, send it to me i want to i want to check it out i was like yeah he you know gave me his blessing to do it so yeah um so i i just put this in uh and it's one of my favorite arrangements of the i love the national anthem um, all the time anyway i love it when other people do it i love to perform it but um 
uh, back in Tennessee, all state, and I told Carl Linthy this too. I was like, you know, back when we played this, I was on the lead on the melody, and I cracked a note, and I never <laughs> forgave myself for it because it was the national anthem, and I was on the melody. Like, that was really super high, but I was like, I could not forgive myself. And he was like, uh, he wrote me back. He's like, you gotta forgive yourself for that, you know. I was like, no, no, no. I just, I'm gonna uh, do it. At, you know, I'm gonna record it so I can fix it if you know if anything yeah, happens. Yeah. And um, it turned out pretty good. I um, yeah, yeah. It was my first try with green screen. I was doing some work. Um, uh, just trying to learn audiovisual sure. stuff to do on um, 2020, you know. Yeah. And so that's when my first try on green screen. And yeah. um, Dave took a trip that weekend and uh, when I got the music. And luckily, because I had the whole living room torn up with green screen and boom <laughs> mics and, you know, just uh, lighting and everything I could try right. to figure out. It was my first try. So. <laughs> yeah. So uh, tell the audience, what it, what do what are the what are the visuals going on for those that are listening? You're in broken into groups, yes, segments. Yeah, so um, each um, each video of me is a, a part. So I think it's an eight part or a ten part or something. Um, I think it's an eight part. Um, so each is a separate part uh, trombone line, and um, I didn't want to you know get in any trouble with copyright issues so I went to a, a free uh, photo website I had been taking pictures of flags and stuff but I really liked the internet ones better and so um, I think it was Pixabay website they have free stuff you can download their pictures and so I just put like patriotic uh, slideshow um, in the middle of okay cool all right let's, let's take a look at it great i mean thank you <laughs> it, it let, first of all the arrangement is just top notch beautiful it's so good yeah i, I love yeah. that arrangement <laughs> that's amazing and so you then tell me you sent it out to your students is that what happened to give them an example um, of what to do oh i did i did a different one for that one but um okay that was just an assignment so i thought well if if i'm if they're doing this in junior high i can figure this out you know at a little uh, you know a more right. <laughs> professional right. level i mean right. not a pro at it but right. <laughs> but yeah, um, it gave great. me a lot of ideas for you know future stuff absolutely here. yeah <clears throat> absolutely okay now david also you've been playing all over the world and you gave us a clip here. Um, can you give us, the audience, a little setup on your clip? We, we won't be playing all of it, but we've got a snap of, of the clip that you give us. Tell us the audience. Yeah. Do you remember what it was? Um, it's, is this the Navy clip? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. So um, this is 
so at this time in the Navy band, I, I usually was the bass trombone player in the in the show band in um in Japan. Well, in in all the bands, but this was when yeah, I was in, featured in this in, one. Yeah, so I was stationed in Japan, and so what happened was our lead bone player transferred out. Oh, and, um, <laughs> so we were we were gapped a, a lead bone player, and um, so it just so happened our tuba player also was a bass bone player. Okay. So um, um, Todd French is his name, and so I said, "Well, here I'll I'll jump on the lead book if if you want to take the bass book." So, um, right. so that's what we did, and. And um, so the tune, you know, I walk into rehearsal one day and um, George Morris was the uh, the unit leader at the time and trumpet player, the, the lead trumpet player. And he came in and he goes, hey, you want to do this tune? <coughs> and he threw it on the stand. And, when you know, when somebody says, you want to do this tune, that means, yes, you're going to do this tune. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, um, so I knew, you know, it's... I knew the the tune from uh, the Blood, Sweat, and Tears um, uh, alone, and then I also knew it from from Kenton, the Kenton Big Band. Um, Stan Kenton plays Chicago, and um, you know one of my one of my of the of the bone players in different eras in the Kenton Band, um, Dick Shearer. You know one of my one of my heroes. You know, so um, I was yeah, I was like yeah, I'm. I'm I'm all over this. I would I would love right. to do this, and yeah. um, so um, this particular show I believe is in Sasebo, Japan. We were doing a. They brought us down there to do. Um, I, it was for a women's organization, a Seroptimist oh. Club, I think. Mm -hmm. But they brought us down there to do a few shows, and um, um, and we were featured at like. Uh, jazz festival and oh, then um, um and then this was just a concert for them you know okay. and um and th that was one of the things about with navy band is doing concerts in overseas is that you're out you always play for a packed house yeah you know and um unfortunately in the states it's not like that <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> um for military bands you right. know right Right. Yeah, because I, I can remember a few times where the the band actually outnumbered the audience. You know, but, um, <laughs> yeah. but um, but yeah, but this particular show is is was that night, you know, and okay. Um, yeah. Okay, let's take a look.
So now, you guys are in the service, you're playing, your career's going on, and usually these episodes, I can almost say 100%, everyone I've talked to, including myself, um, life gets in the way. You know, your children, your careers are going on, but you've kept the music going on as well, and not only that, your children are playing and so forth. We're going to get into the family side of it. But let me go back to the music education side, Christine. You said recently now you're you're involved in um, a project with. Um, t- I really don't even know how to go about explaining it. Tell me about it. Uh, well, <clears throat> have you heard of um, Suzuki strings? Yes. Um, a lot of kids will take starting like age three or four um, on violin they'll get those teeny little violins and then grow with the violin right, <laughs> um, right. well they're they started in europe to doing um suzuki brass and i guess there's a little bit here in the states now too um so far i think there's only a trumpet trumpet school book one trumpet school book so um like in strings, you'll have like book one, uh, violin book one, two, three, four, all the way to like nine or something. Um, there's one book for trumpet right now for that's all brass, and um, I'm I'm taking a a class this summer um, to teach Suzuki brass, which um, it it involved uh, an audition on your instrument and you play a certain level and um, they got right back to me and said, yeah, you know, go next step. So then you have to take um, like a Suzuki, um, Shinichi Suzuki uh, method. Like what, what did he, what the person Mm -hmm. (laughs) Suzuki um, feel about, you know, teaching and, Right. Um, there's books like Nurtured by Love, uh, Nurtured, Nurtured by Love, or Nurtured with Love, or something that uh-huh. he, he wrote. And um, so there's that step. You you know, um, I think we had to read all that in strings at U and M. So string uh-huh. methods. So it was kind of already in my background. Actually, I love the book though. I've read it several times, <clears throat> and um, just the approach to um, it's it's very oral, you know. So the teacher sure. learns the music and mm-hmm. teaches by ear, by rote, right. um, in that in that um, mm-hmm. training. Sure. So anyway, I'm taking the class this summer, and it's in um, Utah. <clears throat> and I think the I think the class filled up already. Um, it's not till June, but they're. <laughs> They're full of both classes. I'm taking the right. first two books. <clears throat> so right. I think it's popular. It's only in Europe as far as I know. Wow. So. <laughs> Do you think this will expand in the future to Suzuki woodwinds and percussion um, and everything else? My my first question was, um, 
they sent me an email the other day and said, hey, um, make sure you memorize the first book and this second book's not in print yet, but memorize this one too. <laughs> so they like sent me some stuff to memorize. And um, I was like, okay, yeah, let's get on this. And so I started opening their, you know, their attachments. And I was like, wait a second. I remember years ago in um, the ITA, the journal, mm-hmm. um, trombone journal, they had this, the cover I think that was the cover um of little children they were like four years old playing alto trombones and I I that just came back to me right away because um any Suzuki teacher I've been talking to in strings are like how do you how how are you going to do that with trombone I mean I've had I've had a student in my studio that was a retired like oral surgeon or something she was right. so tiny she couldn't reach sixth position. sixth position yeah yeah and that's the second note in the book <laughs> so, <laughs> so in the trumpet book and that's right. what they're wanting us to teach so um i was like okay i got their email so i wrote them back and i said what am i teaching am i teaching this in e flat or you know alto or am i right. teaching this in c what do you want me on tender what so they just said well mostly what we've seen they're like i'm not a trombone player but i think tenor so um i don't know how that's going to work with little you yeah. know they don't have long arms because um sure. sixth graders a lot of times can't reach um, right right but you know <laughs> yeah no i understand and david you and i over coffee a while back you told me your journey of music has gone into mental health and wellness of music. Can you talk a little bit about that with the audience? Do you remember our conversation about that? Yeah. Yeah. So um, it originated, like when I got out of the Navy, I I went back to school, I went to UNM, got a a psych degree with a concentration in addiction counseling. So, you know, I... I'm from the the Pueblo of Laguna. My family's from the Pueblo of Laguna. So, you know, um, you know, and I and, and I know, I know what the issues are in the community, and um, so I thought, you know, may, maybe I could be of some help. So, right. when I got my counseling license, you know, I did my internship out there at the right. Pueblo of Laguna, and then I was hired on, and and they, they know my music background. Mm. And um, so the prevention coalition out there, they approached me and asked me, they, they did a lot of community events, you know, and mm. so they approached me and, and asked me if it was if there was a possibility that, that I could help them put together a, a music is healing presentation for the community. Yes. And um, so I... You know, just I have family members out there that actually pl- that play. You know, that sure. are that are they they have. Um, I have a couple of nephews that have a rock band. You know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, I one of my cousins is is also a guitar player, and right. um, so I approached them about possibly helping me out with this, and um, <laughs> and so we were all in agreement. And um, but when it came down to the day, you know, yeah. um, I was the only one. <laughs> that was able to do it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so I just went in and kind of did an hour just talking about my background and, and then the history of, of uh, my playing. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. and what it's done for me right uh, as far as my my health my mental health right and um got them demonstrated just some of the things that were that you know you learn in in uh in elementary school as far as tonality major tonality minor tonality happy sad you know and and, um and i I had written a a meditation piece that that i played for them you know Mm. uh, using different um i brought some of the kids up to help me they played different instruments behind me as i i played this meditation piece and um so through this through my um association with the pueblo of laguna i was introduced to some um what's uh agency called at the university of iowa it's the um the addiction technology the addiction technology transfer center at okay. the university of iowa so it's for uh, native american alaska uh-huh. native um, um program okay. and um so i explained that to them and they were they were um this was and then this was at the beginning of covid <laughs> yeah. where everything went online where everything went right. to zoom format right they, so the their prevention program um the pttc they asked me um is it possible for you could, could you do the the music is healing for us on a zoom format and i was like <laughs> i would love to but i have no idea how i would do that because <laughs> yeah. this is i only know how to do this live right you know right. Yeah. And so it sat, you know, there it sat for that. I, I said, I'll, let me see if I could figure something out. So there it sat for over a year, wow. you know, yeah. Yeah. and, um, and then, so as, as I was thinking about this, I have a, I have a very good friend that I was in Japan, stationed in Japan with in the Navy band, um, mm-hmm. Mike Bogart, mm-hmm. who is one of the trumpet players for Tower of Power now. Right. So, right. so when he was in the Navy, um, so he got out of the Navy, went on the road with, with Maynard Ferguson, and then got the job with Tower Power. Mm-hmm. And he was on Tower for a little while, for uh, like 10 years, and he got he left Tower to jo- go back into the Navy to earn mm-hmm. his retirement. Oh, yeah. So when he, went, when he came back into the Navy, one of his jobs that he, he took was as an addictions counselor. Oh, okay. So, okay. so he was, a, he did a whole tour as an addictions counselor. So right. when I heard this and I was thinking about putting this, how am I going to do this music is healing? Sure. That's one of his, he's the first guy I thought, about. <laughs> you know what? I need, I need bogey. I need yeah. bogey on this to help me out with this. Right. Right. So, um, um, so time passes by and he's back, he's retired from the Navy and he's back on the road with tower yeah. and they happen to be playing in Santa Fe. So, okay. um, I don't Facebook, but Christine Facebook. So we contacted him through through her Facebook, right. and um, and he he got back to me, you know, a couple sure. days later. Like and I think yeah. it was the day they were flying out. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> you know, and and he he's like, oh man, I, I I just saw your message. So right. he gave right. me his phone number. We started texting back and forth, and um, I started talking to him about this. And so we came up with a format and an right. idea of how to how to do this and how to present it sure um, and so the the idea of the the music is healing we took from um from nature we we wanted to entitle this right. the nature of sound yes and, um 
so we took sounds from nature and you know and mother earth you know right what the earth provides you know and yes um and how man has taken sounds from nature and and um reproduced them in instruments Correct, there's yeah. different instruments like using right. using the voice the voice and then yes and the drum and um and flute yeah yeah flute but um chimes bells yes right um, singing bowls all these different instruments that that sure. people use as a, sure. for healing and uh, we kind of took it from there and um he wrote a piece that we presented during that and that it was it's in a remembrance of um for the uh, MMIW uh, murdered and missing indigenous women. And then, sure. and then I did, and then I did my meditation piece and we overdubbed him playing, you know, we took all these instruments and we just right. laid a foundation. And then I played over the top of that. And then we right. added him at the end. And, um, you know, I kind of wanted him to play over like in the, in the pockets while I was playing, but yeah. sit yeah. the night that he got here, he was, we were, we were, I played it for him. He was going, um, I don't, I don't know where I'm going to fit in this. <laughs> and he goes, yeah. what, is this have a, a, what's the tonality? What's the, where right. is the foundation of this? Yeah. And he goes, does it have chords? And I go, yes, it has, it has <laughs> chords, but let me see if I can remember them. He goes, it would be yeah. nice. So he made me play piano. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he made yeah. me do, yeah. he made me record a piano track and then he added right. his horn in at the his end over this stuff right. yeah and it came out it came out really cool. nice you know you but go. so so um that was the idea um just using using um the nature of sound this you know right and, and being able to use music as a healing source and, and that was more of kind of an introduction and they sure. wanted us they want us to do a second segment of that right and so the idea behind the second segment is going to be how how um, cultures have taken um, taken their their cultural or traditional music and transformed right. into mainstream um, right. okay. mainstream formats. You know, um, yeah. And 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 there's there's a lot out there's a lot out there. Like mm-hmm. I, I think of I think of like um, like the um, when I listen to the jazz stations um, like. Um, African jazz, you know, uh-huh. Hugh Masakela, yeah. you know, right. and that right. that type, yeah. and then the indigenous indigenous people here in the states, the right. the way they've transformed their music into mainstream, mainstream. Um, and then yeah. and then how how classical composers have taken melodies from different cultures and thrown and put sure. them into their into yeah. their music, and um, one one of the things I was talking with. Um, the band director over at Sandia High School. We were talking about Dvorak, and mm-hmm. um, and and the New World Symphony, and how yeah. Dvorak was supposedly took the melodies from Native American folk songs. Yeah, and so yeah. we were talking about it. And we were like, and he was like, oh, yeah, I've looked into that in the research. I don't know. I can't find any research to prove that. You know, to prove it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I don't know if you know how he is. Oh yeah, Tyler. We can go on for days about Tyler. Yeah, he's a good man. So that takes me into you all um, and that connection of music to your family. Your children play. Um, pardon the pun, but 
blow the horn of your, your family a little bit and your children, they play music. Tell us about them. Well, our oldest um, has a music education degree now from Northern mm -hmm. Arizona. And okay. um, she taught uh, on a reservation up in, um, in Washington State a high school yeah. up there. Um, a couple of years, I, I can't remember how when she started, but um, then our middle daughter, she um, she had some illness in uh, when we first moved here, and um, it was part of. No one suggested this to her, but uh, it was part of her her therapy for herself. Um, she was in chemo at the time. And um, she started writing like rock operas and um, she started doing some really, really funny stuff uh, on, and she got her own, her own channel on YouTube and um, <laughs> this kind of made light of life at the time, but it's some funny right. stuff that she's put out. Um, she likes to write and you can really hear like a Beatles influence in, in her oh, music okay. and um, like, time-wise, I don't know if right. you know what I'm talking about with the Beatles, but um, sure. they're not always, like, stuck in, you know. Right, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and then our youngest is, um, he's finishing up in college. Um, you want to, Dave just saw him. Uh, you want to talk about what? Yeah, so, Kai, yeah, he's studying percussion at Northern Arizona University. Oh, and um, okay. he, um, so he's in, he's finishing up this summer but i just saw i just went up last uh wednesday and saw him or tuesday night i saw him play his his last show with their big band their jazz yeah. jazz yeah. one band and um he's developed into an amazing yeah player an amazing drummer and he's a right. and he's a percussionist you know so he, sure, he plays sure. he plays right. everything but um, Can we yeah. just say uh, Mr. Goodrum was, <laughs> yeah. was his teacher? <laughs> and, and, and as you know, I mean, you were his teacher. I know him well. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, I taught him everything he knows, you know. <laughs> <laughs> <Of course. laughs> I'll take all the credit. <laughs> but yeah. look, look, you know, as, um, as a parent of uh, also of a son that plays, Talk about that feeling of your, seeing your children. And do you all play together? Do you, first of all, do you two get together and just jam tonight after the podcast? Or, you know, uh, do you find time to play together at home? And We played some in January. Uh, we did a, we've, we met another couple that plays trombone. And um, we played, we performed um, Haydn. Achieved is glorious uh -huh. work. Um, we we performed at a like a little chamber concert in cool. January yeah. with those two uh, quartet. Yeah, and we, like Christmas. Yeah, you know we do. We've yeah. done like Christmas duets and yeah. like go play for you know right. stuff out in the pueblo. Yeah, you know, right, um, right. Yeah. you know this um, before COVID they haven't had any things. Right. Uh, we did. Um, a Veterans Day, yeah. we go out okay. there and play and play the right. a, a, the duet version of the national right. anthem for right. them. Cool, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then and then when the kids are here, right. you know, we'll we'll get together 
Right. We played like when our daughter was home for Christmas. We um we did Christmas trios out there for yeah, yeah. for my my elderly uncle. You know, right, he, yeah. he doesn't get out much. So we went, and he used to be a trombone player back in the days. <laughs> so we went out and we played Christmas yeah. Christmas carols at his house, and that's great. Um, and we we've, we've done like vocal things too. Well, right, you know, okay. We'll, yeah. we'll try to well, we sing. play um in the symphony in the um here in town. We play um. The Health Sciences Orchestra. Yeah, so um, oh, okay. we started that. I um, I was invited by a, a cello player, a teacher here in town, and I was just looking for trombone place to play. And she's like, yeah, we need trombone players. And so mm-hmm. I played a couple of concerts with them, and the um, the trombone section's hard to fill for that uh, that group. And I yeah. really, I started learning um, viola uh, June two years ago, and yeah. uh, I really wanted to play in the section, and they needed more in the section anyway so um yeah. i said if i find you another trombone player can i try <laughs> out the so they're like yeah you're you're welcome to play either um right. so i got uh, i asked dave and he was willing so um yeah. he's been playing behind me and i'm in the viola section now he's <laughs> 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 behind me <laughs> yeah. that's great that's great that's great well before i let you go talk to our audience about what you've been all talking and demonstrate about the power of music and and why it's so important to um, keep music in your life and what it does for the spirit and the soul. Um, I think for, for me, um, it, it kind of keeps, it's grounding. You know, I've, I've always been around it my whole life. My parents were musicians. My grandparents were musicians. My siblings all played. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just something that's been a part of me. Um, and when I'm away from it, I've I it it ha- I, you know I, it has an impact. It, it, right. it, you know it's like yeah. when I retired from the navy and started studying psychology and stuff. I stepped away from music, and um, right. yeah, I could really you know. Be, you get anxious, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and um, so um, yeah. So you know, you have to jump, definitely jump back in. It's it's grounding, you know. And I've, I've had so, I've been around it so much. I mean, even all through um, through high school, and mm-hmm. I'm playing in all the extracurricular groups. You know, all state, all region bands. Right. When I was in, when I was going to NAU. Um, playing in the jazz band, having the opportunity to play at the Playboy Jazz Festival, playing alongside, you know, guest artists, you know, really great guest artists, man, that I I would have never imagined ever playing, um, um, like, you know, Alan Vizzuti, Louis Belson, um, Rufus Reed, Bill Watrous, you know, and then later on, and then later on getting opportunities to play with Bill Watrous in in, in his band, and then alongside of him on side gigs, you know, backing Johnny Mathis and, yeah. you know, and, and temptations and stuff like sure. that, you know, so sure. it's, uh, and then in Japan, you know, and getting out into the community and, and, and being a part of that, the, the, the musical community in those right. foreign countries, you know, as, as we both done, right. um, it's, it, it really, it feeds the soul, yes. you know, and it, it becomes in such a part of you that uh, it's, um, you can't 
you can't imagine not doing it. Right. You it's know? a part of your DNA. It's like your oh, arm. Yeah. 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 And Christine, yeah. go ahead. No, go uh, ahead. I, I, you know, I've just been mentioning to people lately that feels like music, uh, well, not this, but it feels like, you know, an old friend, you know, like a good friend. <laughs> but um, I've noticed lately since, you know, all the pandemic and everything, it's like, um, um, I don't know if you've heard of a sound bath. Um, our son taught it, told us about, he, he got to join some sound baths and um, look that up if you haven't. It's really cool. Um, the it's, It feels like music is at more of a cellular level, if that makes any sense. It just mm -hmm. feels like, like it like connects to the nervous system or something sympathetic <laughs> nervous system <laughs> you right. know it's so it's like it's therapeutic um right. yeah and, and you know we in our music is healing presentation that's something we discuss you know about right. the, the vibration of the earth the frequency of the of the electromagnetic field right. is the same frequency as the alpha waves in our brain brain yeah you know and that and it's it's the calm that we have yeah, that, at that level yeah yeah, yeah. it's you know I don't want this to be taken the wrong way, but it's like this drug, <laughs> the positive, a positive that will stimulate your soul for me. I like your word grounding, Dave. Um, yeah. You know, we, um, we just recently had a death in the family. And when my mom died way back when, you know, I, I played my horn there at the memorial and, when we went back to Louisiana for the funeral, um, so much of the funeral was a spiritual music part of it in the church, and that grounding. And um, so for those people that are listening that have played in the past uh, in high school, have given it up, you say what, Christine? <laughs> Come back. I, I really hope that any, anybody that has played an instrument will play it for life. I really do. It, yeah. It yeah. speaks to me. <laughs> yeah. And you can come back. It's, it's, I was a pretty good, like you played baseball, I think you said pitcher, David. I was a pretty good hurdler back in the day, but it would be pretty ugly for me to do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> or entertaining. I don't know. It might be pretty good for YouTube. I don't know. <laughs> but you know what? God bless you both. Thank you so much for spending the time with us. I, I really do appreciate it. I'm so glad we got a, a chance to do this and just sit down and talk about the something that we all love and that's music yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's nice it's, it's nice to be here and and, and discuss yeah. and talk about you know yeah. the adventure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep the journey and man what a journey you all have had to have it a key role in your marriage in your family and it's such a blessing Thanks so much. Hey, I want to thank also the people that are listening and watching on YouTube. Um, you can find this podcast at any of the podcast venues where you find your favorite uh, podcast. OTP is on the podium. We thank the Natsuways for being on the podium. And with that, go on out and play all the right notes. <laughs> You've been listening to The Podium. If you would like to be a guest on The Podium, 
Email the show at onthepodium2 at gmail.com. That's O-N-T-H-E-P-O-D-I-U-M-T-O-O at gmail.com.